Radio Drone. You know what's funny about our open, Brad? What's that? I had somebody email me going, I've watched Video Drone three times, and I cannot find where that music is from. <laughs> and I'm like, watch the trailer. And then he goes, son <laughs> of a bitch! Watch the trailer. Oh, got it. It's not that's from where you the go, movie. That's where you go, what are you talking about? It's not from Videodrome. It's from Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah, four years before Big Top. No, Big Top Pee Wee was what, 88? Yeah, 89? yeah, yeah, something like that. So 88 like or 89. Years. Six years. Because, yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was 86, right? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I remember seeing that in the theater, but I don't remember when the hell I saw that. I saw it when it first hit video. I saw Big Top Pee Wee in the theater. Ugh. I did not see that one because I didn't. There was nothing in that movie that looked interesting to me. Don't worry, there was nothing in the movie that was interesting. <laughs> there you although, go. Although, like, I don't know, like, some of it kind of made me think a little bit because in the movie, have you have you ever seen the movie? You, no, never I, I've, seen I've still never seen Big Top. You still never seen it? Okay. Chris Christopherson plays like the head of the uh, the circus. He his wife in the movie is essentially. She's like the size of Tinkerbell. She like fits in the palm of his hand. And that's Christofferson's wife. And he's a full grown adult male in the movie. And I guess, I guess she's full grown too. She's just three inches tall. And I always wondered how that worked. That's got it. That's just weird. They just have a sexless marriage or he has the tiniest penis ever. Or maybe she just goes up his ass and then uh, dingles his prostate right from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she gets deep in there. She, it's, like the, it's the portal version of Fantastic Voyage. Yeah, you can see a big snorkel hanging out of his ass. Right. That's a much <laughs> more interesting movie than Big Top Pee Wee. You know, that could be a porn that you could buy at adamandeve.com, don't you think? I certainly hope so. Hey, Brad, if, if you're looking for sex toys online and you go to adamandeve.com, what promo code would you use? Crap. What's No, what's crap is not the code. What's the syllable of our sh- what's the second syllable of our show again? Oh, Drome, right. Right. <laughs> Use Drome and then you'd get fifty percent off of a single item, you'd get three free DVDs, you'd get a free mystery gift, and they wouldn't even charge you shipping. Can you get better than that? None whatsoever, unless you have a tiny person crawling around in your ass. I'm saying we should make that movie, <laughs> but I just don't know the logistics of making it. Maybe- Green screen. <laughs> no, no, you know how I hate that. It would have to be a practical fake ass. A pro- oh, just a big giant ass. Yeah, we'd have to make yeah. a you know a huge prostate for him to grab. Okay, this is getting graphic. Let's just <laughs> <laughs> tonight it's getting graphic. Yeah, tonight's actual topic is sequels. Mm-hmm. Speaking of big top peewee. Well, d- d- not just that. Christian Wig is in the news again, and this yeah. time. I don't like her either, so I'm on your side on this, but yeah, I got to stand behind her on this. The studio ordered her, uh, according to the article I read, ordered her to make her next film be Bridesmaids mm-hmm. 2, and she said, no, the story's done, there's no need for a sequel. That's commendable, I think. It is. I, I do have to hand it to her for that, as much as... as much as her sketches on Saturday Night Live are just a comedy dead zone just a black hole of nothingness i do have to give her some respect for that i credit where credit's due i mean that's that's pretty cool well and that got me thinking what is it with sequels that the studio everything has to be a sequel 
Now, I'm not going to go too deep into this movie, but mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks, we're going to be discussing To Live and Die in L.A., because that's going to go into a topic that I've got scheduled, which I think yeah. you'll like a lot, which is unconventional direction in movies. Oh, okay. But do you remember how To Live and Die in L.A. ends? Yeah, I do. This is going to be a spoiler, but it's a nearly 30-year-old movie. You're I, was gonna say, I was going to say, I, I, I do know how it ends, but I wasn't sure if we were going to say what it was. I kind of have to, to make this discussion make sense. Yeah. Our main character, played by William Peterson, 10 minutes left in the movie, gets shot in the face with a shotgun and dies. Yeah. The studio hated that, and they ordered William Friedkin to reshoot the ending because you can't have sequels if your main character's dead. And that is such a sequelless movie, though. It's a great film, first. I want to say, every, oh, everybody says I hate everything. That movie is a damn near perfect 80s no, no, film. No, 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 no. People don't, people don't say you hate everything. They say you hate everything new. All right, all right. <laughs> it's, to Live and Die in L.A., I agree with you. It's a masterpiece. It's a great film. Even if, okay, let's say even if William Freak, or I'm sorry, uh, William Peters' character lives into that movie. I don't, <laughs> that's not the kind of movie that, you think sequel when you watch that movie. But the studio apparently was because, yeah. first of all, I can't believe how low the budget was on that film. It was only a $6 million film, and yeah. it looks way more expensive than that. But apparently the studio thought, it's a cheap film, it's going to make a lot of money, we can hammer out a second one very fast. And you can't do that when your main character takes a point-blank shotgun blast to the face. <laughs> right. That would be a spinoff with John Pankow's character. Which could be kind of interesting, but I liked how his character ended up at the end of the movie, though, too. He becomes so Chance. He becomes William Peterson's character, including manipulating the girlfriend and using yeah. her both for sex and for an informant against you are her will. Right now. Yeah, you're mine now. It's a great ending that he yeah. becomes what he fought against the whole, throughout the whole movie. But yeah. it's, it's just the sequel mentality. So. There's a thing where when sequels are done right, and I'm looking at Dawn of the Dead, Road Warrior, mm -hmm. movies like that, do you notice that whenever a sequel is done right, it doesn't feel like a sequel? It feels like, and I know I'm splitting hairs here, a continuation rather than a sequel? Well, it, it, whether you want to call it a sequel or a continuation, regardless of that, it's a sequel's a sequel. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I, I know what you mean. When you do think of uh, a lot of the better sequels, they they are kind of standalone movies, sort of in a way that, like, you don't necessarily have to have seen the other one. You know, they they have they have qualities to them other than the fact that it's other than the fact that it's just a sequel. I mean, they have their own worlds. They have their own ideas. They have their own stories list of the that there was a movie before it. You know what I mean? Right. And then what you the, my distinction between a continuation and a sequel is like a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Those are sequels. Just we're putting out another one of these. In the well, case in the case of the know, Road Warrior, considering two, three, and four all picked up where they each left off. I don't know. You could uh, kind of go both ways there. Well, I'll, I'll give you four, five, and six. I'll call that the Tommy Jarvis arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tommy Jarvis. You got the Tommy Jarvis arc right there. Yeah. You know, and I would do the same thing with Star Trek two, three, and four. Yeah. That's basically one long story told over yeah. six hours. Mm hmm. But I think that just because something is a continuation doesn't make it a se doesn't make it not a sequel. It's just 
that's the kind of sequel that it is. Right, and, and let's throw out stuff like Kill Bill that was not... Kill Bill Volume 2 is not a sequel, as much as I hate Tarantino. That was one goddamn movie that they just split in half. To me, that that's cheating to call that a sequel. There. To call that a sequel, that's just outright cheating. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you there. If it's a long thing and it's split up into two, like, I, I do agree with you. Like, uh, yeah, it'd be like calling the last two Harry Potters... Uh, Deadly Hollows, Deadly Hollows Part Two is a sequel to Deadly Hollows Part One. What do you consider the Chronicles of Riddick to Pitch Black? Do you consider that a sequel or the logical extension of that character's arc? It depends on how narrow your view, how narrow or wide your view of sequel is. Sure, kind of. I, yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't know. It's different because I don't consider. Out of sight, a sequel to Jackie Brown, just because they both have Michael Keaton playing Ray Nicolette. But in the case of Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick, you do have two movies that more or less have the same main character. I I guess you could kind of go both ways on that if you want to call it a sequel or not. I don't know. It seems like it seems like with Chronicles of Riddick, they were wanting to set up their own series of films separate from from Pitch Black. Well, yeah, because that movie felt so different. I love yeah. both those movies. By the way, Chronicles of Riddick is a post nineteen ninety five movie. I like. I, I I didn't. I don't. I wouldn't go so far as to say I like Chronicles of Riddick, but I didn't hate it as much as a, as a lot of other people did. I actually liked it, but I think Pitch Black is a far superior film. Oh yeah, Pitch Pitch, Pitch Black. I like Pitch Black was well. That's another post ninety five, wasn't that like ninety eight, ninety nine, something like that? Yeah, there's a few. If you have to point out which ones you liked, then then overall you don't like that many. <laughs> I agree with that. I'm not fighting with you on that, Brad. <laughs> but I mean, look at like how tenuous it got with the later Amityville sequels, not counting the the remake. When, yeah. when you got into the '90s, where the only connection to the other movies, it's basically just a ghost story or a haunted house story. Oh, and the the clock from the original house is the reason this is happening. That, to me, is a sequel that's made for no reason at all. Yeah, yeah, I would still, I'd still call it a sequel, though. But yeah, um, I wouldn't call that a continuation, because no, the no, story's no, 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 no. done. Yeah, I, I, yeah, there's, like I said, there's different kinds of sequels. And just because something is a sequel doesn't mean you could call it a continue. doesn't mean you can call it a continuation. A continuation is just a certain kind of sequel. Amityville Dollhouse is just, uh, is just, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's just something that, what, what would you, what would you call it really? It's just, it's, it's Fashion? definitely not a, it's, it's its own thing. It's its own thing that just has to do with it, the Amityville movies. I, I, I put the Children of the Corn movies in that same. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Yeah. They're this, they're, yeah, they're part of the series, you know, they're sequels in that they have something to do with each other, sort of. Okay. How, how about Piranha and Piranha 2? Let's take out the fact that there's a one-line reference to the events of the first movie in Piranha 2 that was overdubbed after they shot the movie. It's a sequel in the, in that it's called Piranha 2, you know. It's not that a sequel it's... in any real sense, though. Well, but it's called Piranha... It's, it's, see, that's just a certain kind of sequel. There's all sorts of different kinds of sequels, and that is just a certain kind. It's a sequel in that it's called Piranha 2, and it still has to do with killer piranhas. You have plenty of horror sequels that have different characters in it, but still have to do with, okay, a killer shark, a killer... Okay, killer piranha, uh... 
the same killer in a mask, you know? Well, at um, least, like, with the Jaws movies, they all had the same bloodline. They all had the same family yeah, they had the same. they had the same bloodline, but, I mean, by the time it just got to Jaws 3, that movie would have been the same exact movie, whether or not you called them Brodies. I, I, um, I realize, I don't even know if that was written as a Brody, because... I, yeah, yeah, I kind of wonder that, too. Because all of, if it was, the character aged about ten years in the real five years it took between the films. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Because I, I mean, I like Dennis Quaid as an actor. I do not buy him as the same character from Jaws too. I just don't. No, 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 not at all. And who played? And 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 same with whoever played that character in Jaws: The Revenge. Lan- Lan- Lance was Guest. Lance Guest. It was Lance Guest from Last Starfighter. I couldn't remember if it was I, – I remember that Lance Guest was the Brody. I just couldn't remember if that was the same Brody that Dennis Quaid played I, or if it was his brother. I think he was supposed to be the younger brother. I don't think Dennis Quaid's character was in Jaws 4. Or or is he the one that maybe got killed at the very beginning? Yeah, the two Brodies, the two Brodies were in Jaws 4. One of them was Lance Guest, and the other one was the one who died at the beginning of the movie. I don't remember. Maybe he was playing Dennis Quaid's character, which if he did, he got younger in the later movie. Help me out here. Weren't there only two Brody kids or were there more? There were only two Brody kids in the first two movies. So unless... So one of those has to be, if in Jaws the Revenge, one of those has to be the Dennis Quaid character. Yeah, I would say it's most likely Lance Guest, which is funny how they never mention, hey, I've encountered a giant shark too, technically, in the, yeah. you know, back at SeaWorld or whatever the SeaWorld knockoff they had in Jaws 3 was. I thought of Jaws 3 the other day when I saw the trailer for Piranha 3 Double D. I haven't um. seen the trailer for that yet. Piranha 3 Double D. It looks it looks fun. It, That's it looks what you like said about the first film. The first film. See this one. This one I think looks more fun than the first one because the first one the first one had a lot of stuff in it that really kind of annoyed me, but it had other stuff in it that I thought was really really entertaining. This this one looks like it'll probably be kind of the same where I'm sure there'll be some stuff in there that annoys me, but it does look like it'll have some fun stuff in it because it's about the piranhas they get in the uh, the pipelines that lead to a water park. So the piranhas get inside of like this big water park. Oh god, so it they actually took an idea from the second worst Jaws sequel. So, hey, Jaws three is entertaining. Oh, I like Jaws three. I actually think it's a much stronger film than you know. Okay, you know I like Doug Walker. I think he crapped on on that film unnecessarily. There are bad things, but I think he crapped on things that weren't really bad. In Jaws three, I think Jaws three is fun. Well, and- I, I I have. I mean, sure, I'm biased. It's got Manimal in it, but. Oh, um, <laughs> he, he, he gets eaten at the halfway point, though. He, he does, and that's such a bummer. To- totally a bummer. He didn't even get a chance to turn into a dolphin and fight the shark because I saw him do that on Manimal when he turned into the dolphin. And it, I, I you saw give that him... too. Didn't he turn into a shark and eat a mob boss at one point? <laughs> right. That was the end of the pilot. That was the end of the pilot. He turns into a shark and he's in the swimming pool of uh of yeah the the freaking mob boss at the end of it, and then it ends with the guy screaming. So you just got to assume that Manimal ate him. <laughs> and it doesn't even matter that if he turned into a shark and a pool would not only be chlorinated but not be salt water, that he wouldn't be <laughs> able to breathe. I'm willing to forgive yes. that for Manimal, okay? I can, I can forgive that for Manimal. I can totally forgive that for Manimal. But 
think the idea, even though it's 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 an idea that reminds me of another of another movie, but I I, I don't instantly crap on something if that's the case. But so with Piranha Three Double D, I like the idea of a bunch of piranha getting loose in a giant water park. Okay. There's potent there is potential there. I, like I said, I have not seen the trailer, so I will withhold judgment until next week because I'll watch the trailer after we're done recording this, and then next week you can yell at me for probably not liking the trailer. Well, uh, well, one, I know the kind of viewer you are, so if you go into it not thinking you're going to like it, you're not going to like it. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. But, I, I've, well, I've done okay. that before. I've gone into movies that I thought I was not going to like, and I walked out going... No, I'm, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the trailer. Oh, okay. You know, you know, with the trailer, if you think the idea of piranhas loose in a water park is fun, then you'll probably think the trailer is fun. If you kind of scoff at that idea and kind of blow it off, yeah, you you you're probably not going to like how the trailer See, looks. I, I don't scoff Although at the looks, idea. It looks like, huh? I don't scoff at the idea. I'm more afraid of how CG'd it's going to look. They look like the piranhas look like you know the with the first one I the yeah the piranhas were CG in the first one. I give a lot of props to the first one in that the gore wasn't. There was some great there was some fantastic practical effects done on the gore in that movie. And Except I'm hoping to that's Richard gonna... Dreyfus and Jerry O'Connell, they were so blatantly CG gore. Do Jerry O'Connell on his legs? Uh his penis. Oh, his penis? His penis kind of floating in there? Yeah, there was that, and there was Richard Dreyfus in the whirlwind, yeah. But I'm talking about, like, people, you know, getting their faces pulled off and, like, just covered in bite marks and people with their arms missing and O'Connell's legs and stuff like that. I, I give credit where credit's due. There was some great practical work done on that movie, and I'm hoping that's going to be the case with the next one. Into the piranha, the piranhas look the same in the second one that they did in the first one. Well, and I do want to mention one thing about uh, Piranha 2. That was not shot as a sequel to Piranha. And they just... It, it was shot as a movie called The Spawning, and yeah. then after it was shot, they uh -huh. acquired the rights to the Piranha franchise. So it was only Piranha 2 when they released it. And that's a kind of sequel, too, you know, an in-name-only sequel, like Halloween 3, uh, you know, what are, what are some other ones? Uh, some of the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies. The last two. Yeah, yeah, four and four and five, four, uh, part part four and five, um, which I need to see again. I remember four being boring as hell. Maybe I'd like four if I saw it again today. I don't know. I don't know either. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, and I barely remember anything about it. Because again, I, I agree with you. I do remember being bored. And w w weren't there weren't there like some of the extra movies were in name only? Extra three, I think. Extra two actually intentionally and in numerous scenes references the events of Extro, but Extro 3 okay. was just a movie called Watch the Skies, and they only added the Extro <laughs> 3 Watch the Skies when it hit video. Right, right, right. That was right. not yeah. made as an Extro movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, like with any other kind of movie, there are just different kinds of sequels um no you wouldn't you wouldn't call you wouldn't call something like you wouldn't call something like halloween 3 a continuation sequel but an in-name only sequel yeah but like let's look at the mad max rosinski movies mm. to me those are all logical con continuations of the previous film Mm -hmm. So they don't feel like sequels, while each film is self-contained. But they feel like that kind of sequel. In a way, each movie is self-contained, while at the yeah, same they time, they, they, they broaden to a larger arc of the Max Rosinski character. 
and everything he's lost yeah. and everything he's gone through. That to uh-huh. me is much more of an arc than just we're making another Mad Max movie. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, it's just a different. That's the kind of sequel that that is. You know, like it's same with um. Okay, uh, let me think. Actually, here's here's a question. I mean, a lot. There's a lot of people out there that don't consider something that's part of a trilogy to be a sequel, like the Godfather trilogy or the Star Wars trilogy or the Lord of the Rings trilogy. There's pe- pe- there's people out. Some yeah, they'll call it a sequel, and others say no, no, it's not a sequel. It's just it's part of a trilogy. It's part of you know, it's part of one whole big thing. What are, what's your opinion on that? To me, that would depend on how it was shot. If it was yeah. shot back to back to back, like if Godfather uh-huh. 2 was shot right after they finished Godfather 1 and then 3 yeah. was shot right after 2 and not you know a decade apart on most of those, then I would go, okay, yes, that's uh-huh. a trilogy. That's intentionally a continuation. When you take a decade like, between like, each movie. Like Lord of the Rings. Right, yeah. Whereas those were all made to be one film after another. Whereas like yeah. with Godfather... When they made that, they had no intentions of another film, or half of it being a prequel in the case of Godfather 2. That just know, came if, after the fact. Yeah, I mean, you know, if let's say, let's say for instance, yeah, the first Godfather bombed at the box office, there wouldn't have been a Godfather Part 2. Whereas, like, Superman 2 was shot basically back-to-back with Superman 1. Yeah. So I'd really call the first two Supermans one long movie. Mm-hmm. That were just released a couple of years apart due to production issues. It feels it certainly feels like it's 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 a kind of sequel. Superman two does, even though they were shot very close to one another. One thing that was shot really long and was cut in half, which is weird because they do both feel like two 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 movies that were shot not as one movie was Toxic Avenger two and three. Right, but even Lloyd Kaufman's not too happy with those two films there you go. I, I, so even, I, even I, he's I, not happy with those yeah I, I didn't like those movies either but those that is one thing that was shot as one giant thing that was cut in half well and then you, you've also got the sort of ideal to go back to something that's recent it was just i read it on the internet today the day that we're recording this 21 jump street the horrible looking jonah hill movie doesn't even come out for two more weeks jonah hill said a sequel's already been greenlit they did that with the hangover. Um, That's ridiculous to me. You don't first of all, you don't even know if the movie's gonna make any money, let yeah. alone I highly doubt the ending of the twenty one jump street movie is gonna have you going, Oh man, we gotta follow up on this. Man, I can't wait. Oh my god, the next one is gonna be off the hook. Um How do I hang up on you? <laughs> oh my god. I, I that movie looks like crap. They did that with The Hangover. They did that before The Hangover was released. Uh, the second one was greenlit. And, you know, there's a lot of movies that do that. Uh, a, a lot of movies, a lot of movies do do that where they will plan. They will plan the next movie before the other one is released. But, of course, if the other movie bombs, they're going to those plans will get scrapped. Well, and then you've also got and again, it's a filmmaker I don't like, but I have to respect what he did. And that's Tim Burton with what I consider his last good film, which was Beetlejuice, they mm. immediately wanted a sequel, so he came up with the worst possible sequel idea he could, which was Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, thinking that they'd go, no, let's drop this, and they went, you know what? We like that. There, they are, that's, I mean, not Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, but uh, there's another, they're bringing sequel talks of Beetlejuice. 
in all in all honesty, Brad, I would rather have a Beetlejuice sequel than I would a remake. Oh me, I yeah, I agree with you on that. I totally agree with that. That uh, you know, for a while they were saying that you know this new RoboCop they're working on is going to be a continuation of the Alex Murphy character from the previous three movies, and now they're saying, oh no, no, we're gonna do a remake instead. Ugh. I would so much I would so much rather have just another freaking sequel. Yeah, I want RoboCop 4. I don't want RoboCop again. I mean, if you're going to call if you're just going to call it RoboCop, you're not going to call it RoboCop 4. You're just going to call it RoboCop. Okay, fine. Just don't do the origin story again. Well, and, and now with RoboCop, l- let's say uh, who owns that now cuz I know Orion went out of business. So who actually is it Paramount that has the uh, RoboCop franchise now? Well, whoever whoever has the RoboCop franchise, they're going to want to make another one regardless. Oh, they've already cast Alex Murphy. Right, but I'm just saying f- for the script, I can kind of see the problem that anyone tasked with making that film would have. Do you go, well, if I make it a sequel, do I knock two and three out of continuity because the TV series knocked those out of continuity, but then the miniseries knocked two and three and the TV series out of continuity? Mm -hmm. So do I take all of those in continuity? Do I do a Godzilla? I mean, like Godzilla 1985. Basically, every film after Godzilla King of the Monsters, it knocked out of continuity. It's a sequel to the original film only. Do you do that? Or do you try and work in the the prime directives and the TV show? RoboCop has become it's not a continuity a mess. You know, I'd rather have either of those, whether you just want to call it a sequel to the first one, or if you want to work the rest of the stuff into continuity. I would rather have that than a remake. And I'm not the I'm not the kind of person who instantly thinks that a movie is bad just because it's a remake. Yeah, a lot of them are freaking bad. Yeah, yeah, they are. But if one turns out to be good. I'll say it. I've recommended a couple of remakes. I've I've not recommended a lot too. When you look at this stuff that gets that gets remade, you just have to kind of say to yourself like just re-release the other movie. To me, just re-release the original. Put it back out in theaters and you know what? It'll probably make more money than the remake. Well, to me there there are certain films that you look at such as Logan's Run. I don't yeah. think it's a bad movie at all. But the special effects are poor. It's not really that well shot. And oh, the, but and if the they story did it could nowadays, use tightening. If they did it nowadays, it would be a different kind of poor special effects. And the kind of crap special effects they, that they have nowadays that they consider to be good special effects are, to me, so much worse than the effects that in Logan's run. I agreed. I absolutely agree with that. But they keep wanting to remake movies that were made right the first time. Yeah. That's what I don't get. As, as much as this is going to piss me off to even say this, to have this come out of my mouth, I understand why they want to remake Videodrome, even though I'm absolutely against it. Yeah. Because the technology in the movie, I mean, let's face it, the today's average movie-going college student wasn't even alive when they were using Betacam technology <laughs> like in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So I can understand the studio going, I want to update this for a modern audience. And if they did a straight remake with just updating the technology, I'd almost be on board with that. Because uh-huh. I could understand it from a certain level. But the fact that they're remaking it and changing it to involving the internet and nanites changing your body, 
means yeah. they don't get it. They don't get why the first film worked. Yeah, yeah, and I am, I am for when there is a remake. I am for at least, at least do something different while making it work. While making it work, because you can do something different and it'll be trash and it'll be terrible. But at least do something different and try to make that work. What I hate, what I loathe, is when something is just a carbon copy remake of Psycho. the previous movie. Psycho, The Omen. Um, I've not, I haven't seen the Omen remake, so I didn't, I didn't know it, that was it, the same movie. Have you seen the original? Then you know what happens in the remake. It's a, it's a, it's a carbon copy remake. So I've got the first four on. I have the original four on laserdisc, and I just I have no interest in the remake and the O six uh, one. It was just ugh, I couldn't. I really couldn't stand it. But, I, I got to say, one that did it right, Night of the Living Dead, nineteen ninety. <laughs> I agree. I like that remake. It, it told the same story with the same characters, but it told it in a different way and took it yeah. into a different place without being disrespectful to the 1968 version. Yeah. But I consider that the exception because Romero produced the remake. So yeah, he, he respected his original movie. If you, if you want to remake something, remake something that, that really wasn't all that great or perfect the first time around or something that just that no one really remembers, you know? Okay, for instance, um, I'm sure not a lot of people know that the Denzel Washington movie Man on Fire is a remake of a Scott Glenn movie from the 1980s. Well, a lot of people don't realize that the Bourne identity, Richard Chamberlain was Jason exactly. Bourne long before Matt Damon was. It, yeah, that's a re remake of a TV miniseries. Yeah, and this and this isn't yeah a knockoff of a knock on the original or anything like that. It's it's not. But yeah, just remake something that's not as is iconic. Or um, now, now keep in mind, I have not seen Girl with the Dragon Tattoo American version, but I want to. The, the, that's something I'm looking forward to hitting video. Okay. That I thought was great. And I've I've heard nothing but great things. The trailer yeah. was intriguing. I I look forward to that, but I just could not see it in the theater. I I couldn't find the time. Now, that is the idea of a remake, I think, done right. Because the fact that the original, there are still people that have the snobbery of, oh, it's a foreign film, I don't want to read subtitles. And yeah. there are the cultural differences or cultural references mm -hmm. and things like that. From what I've heard, Fincher did this right. He told mm -hmm. the exact same story, but in an American way rather than the foreign film. And I think the, that might be the proper way to do it in a foreign remake right, like that. It did so much stuff right. One, it was it, it it was definitely a David Fincher movie. It definitely was. Plus, it kept the it kept it was not it was not a watered down version of the other one. It was hard. It was a hard R. It did, and it had a mystery to it, to where you're telling the same mystery with some of the same outcome. But it throws in it throws in different stuff about it. Even when you've seen the original, there are aspects of the story of the mystery in the Fincher version that are surprising. Like he throws, he, he does still throw some su surprises in there, even if you've seen the other one. And I mean, there there was some there was a couple times near the beginning of the movie where where I kind of felt like. Uh, where I kind of felt like I sort of only knew what was going on only because I saw the the original. Like, in the first ten minutes, some stuff moved a little too quick, but that was really one of the only complaints I had about it, and it's minor. There's a lot of stuff that's done so 
great about that movie. And and again, it was a fantastic way to remake something that was a foreign film because because a lot of times when one of those foreign movies gets remade it's just a carbon it's just a carbon copy remake and yet it's somehow they managed to screw that up at the same time too talking about sequels i was thinking ghost rider sometimes a sequel is made to correct the mistakes of the first Uh film like spirit of vengeance seems to try to correct the mistakes of that horrible first movie Oh yeah, and and Spirit of Vengeance has still gotten like really bad reviews, but I thought it was fun. I thought the movie was fun. And someone, someone called me a fa- just just called me a fanboy or something like that. On it was my side. I was like, I didn't like the first one. I didn't like the first one. And the la- and yeah, Nick Cage is my favorite actor. But the last two movies prior to Ghost Rider that I reviewed of his, I didn't like. So, but but with Ghost Rider two, I thought it was a fun ass movie it was very very entertaining was it perfect no of course not who goes into that thinking it's going to be a perfect movie the movie is meant the movie is meant to be entertaining in a way that corrects how the first one was just kind of lame well okay um Um, here's here's a sequel question for you then the dirty harry movies do you consider those sequels for one thing that none of them were made as a sequel really to the previous film or they're just five movies that happen to have the same lead character. Yeah, I consider them sequels. Uh huh. I consider I consider them to be sequels. Again, like I said, there's just different kinds of sequels. A sequel isn't really that narrow of a thing. It's not that narrow of a term. It's just it's just that it is just that kind of uh, it is just that kind of sequel. <laughs> but yeah, I do. I I consider it a specific kind of sequel. Now, I, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, where instead of making a sequel, they say the next movie's a prequel. I have issues with prequels. I think y- if you couldn't have told that story, you know, in the first 20 minutes of the first film, then it doesn't need to be told. If we, if we got a complete movie, we don't need to see what happened before the movie. Well, I don't know. I mean, you can find some prequels that are kind of interesting. I mean, uh, like? you know, Temple of Doom, that's technically a prequel. Technically, um, but it, it's it's yeah, I know what you mean. It, technically, it's a prequel, but really, it, it, it but you know, it really, it's did, following it, up on our yeah. even if it takes place continuity wise. Yeah, but 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 te- technically, you know, it's 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 a prequel. Other than that, you know, the prequel stuff, Godfather Two, liked a lot. I mean, that whole movie wasn't a prequel, but half of it was. So, like, you know, ninety a uh, hundred minutes of it were that I thought was really good. But but what it comes down to is, did we need that story? Like, I remember for years after Titanic, they said they were going to make a Titanic Godfather 2, where we see Rose's life after Titanic and Jack's life before. And you kind of go, and this adds to the first movie, how? Well, it adds to knowing more about the character of Vito Corleone and that and that was going parallel with what was going on with Michael Corleone in the second movie. Well, that, and that makes would've, sense. That would have that would have been out of place in the first movie. And in terms of in terms of did we need this story? I mean, whether the answer is yes or no on that, that doesn't automatically make a movie good or bad. I mean, did we need Ghost Rider two? No, probably. Not, but it was still a fun movie. Well, and, and then some. First of all, the word prequel I think is thrown around too too erratically i've actually did you have you seen the the three dvd set for the the riddick trilogy 
No, I haven't. It's got Pitch Black, Chronicles of Riddick, and then that animated movie that comes between them, which I can't remember the name of. Yeah, I, can't, I never saw that. Uh, Walmart's got it for like 13 bucks. They call Pitch Black the prequel to the Chronicles of Riddick, and I'm going... Oh, that's BS. No, it was made first yeah. as a standalone movie. That's not a prequel. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 BS. I've seen Mad um, Max called the prequel to the Road Warrior. Yeah, go, it's no. like it's like calling something... Uh, it's like calling the original version of something a pre-make. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> no, Hannibal Rising, that's a prequel. And a, that's and, a prequel. And a terrible one at that. I have actually never seen that movie. <laughs> that is the definition of a, I heard did we need this things. story? Yeah, that's the definition of, we don't need this story to keep going with this character. Yeah. Because that is absolutely terrible. And, uh, and you know, the, pre- the, the, the biggest problem with prequels is that it tends to ruin the image you had in your head of events that took place beforehand. That's what you, was my next question to you. I was yeah, bring it up does. the thing. With the, yeah, the prequel to the thing and the Star Wars prequels. The movie you have in your head when you watch before those prequels were made and you watch the originals and you're seeing what's being the events that are described, what you're picturing in your head, it will always, always be infinitely better than what they could give you in a prequel movie, especially with The Thing, and especially with the Star Wars prequels. Which is partially why I'm afraid to rent The Thing. Don't. I, I want to see it just for the sake we'll of... See, I just want to see it for the sake of going, I've seen it, and then I can complain about how bad it is. But I really love the the original movie to the point where I'm afraid of doing just that, that it's going to sully yeah. my opinion of John Carpenter's. It's, it's not going to make you, it's not going to, it's it's of course not going to take away from how great John, Carpenter's. John Carpenter's is. It's not going to take away from how great we feel that the John Carpenter movie is, but you'll you'll run into, like when you watch the John Carpenter one again, you know, and they're going through the Norwegian base and seeing all this stuff and all those videos and everything. Unfortunately, I mean, hopefully, you know, over time, this won't happen. You know, there will be a thought in the back of your head that like, oh, yeah, right. They did that so stupidly in the damn prequel. Well, and um, then you've also got the Halloween remake by Rob Zombie, which I absolutely despise. That to me is shows that Rob Zombie did not understand why Halloween worked. And keep well, in mind, you, s- you know I don't like the original Halloween, but I'm not saying it doesn't work on a certain level. We don't want to know why Michael Myers is like this. Well, now, I, I think that that's different. I think that's different than the Thing prequel, because the Thing prequel is supposed to be in the same continuity as John Carpenter's The Thing. Rob Zombie's Halloween is not in the same continuity as John Carpenter's Halloween. Fair there, enough. That's, that's a remake. That's its own story. It's its own version of John Carpenter's Halloween. That's like that would be like saying that uh, you, you know the uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake is in the same continuity as the first Nightmare on Elm Street film. With the Rob Zombie Halloween, you know there was a lot of there was a, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that wasn't very good about that movie, but there were there were some things about it that I at least appreciate that it tried doing something different. You know, I don't think it. I don't think that it completely succeeded, but I at least appreciate it that he went into it not wanting to be a carbon copy remake. He wanted to do his own thing with it. He wanted to try to put some kind of some different kind of uh, 
psychological tone to it. He just failed. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's parts of it that I that I like, but there's there's a lot of stuff about it that I don't. Well, I like then, Malcolm McDowell in it. Well, and then how how about this? Then you've got something you just brought up, Nightmare on Elm Street. How about when a TV series, when a movie gets made into a TV show, the, yeah. does the TV show sully it, such as the pilot episode of Freddy's Nightmares being a prequel to the first film and still screwing all the continuity up? Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know, because I had Nightmare on Elm Street movies that have sequences in it that take place before the events in the first one. Um, but like the Freddy's yeah. Nightmares pilot, it's not John Saxon's character anymore. It's a totally different cop. And Freddy dies in a totally different, well, not totally, but in a different way than we're told and shown in flashbacks in the movie series. I don't know. I, I guess it depends. I guess it depends on how they're doing, how badly they're doing it. Freddy's Nightmares Be- did it bad. Well, I yeah, I, I know it did it bad, but I'm talking like there's a there's a difference. I think that there's a difference between a bad flashback and a bad... 90 minute movie that is all taking place before before the events of the original film and doing it and doing it and still doing it terribly but i don't know that's 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 hard to say okay um, how about this one I, I... that's it's it's not as grand it's it's not as grand because because with with what you're talking about, what is that? Just like a flashback or something? No, the entire pilot episode was. Okay. It, it ended with Freddy getting burned. The entire pilot. Okay, then I don't think I've seen this. The entire pilot episode is a prequel to to the first movie. It ends with Freddy on fire and threatening to come back into their dreams and getting. Them. Okay, okay, I see. I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Then that would be in the same. That would be in the same league with the other stuff. Um, I thought you were saying that it was just like a flashback or something. No, it's the entire 44 minute episode. Okay. Okay. Because I was gonna say I've seen like you know Friday the Thirteenth movies where they have something take place before the events of the first one and it's kind of stupid but it doesn't it doesn't sully what i think of the other movies okay so yeah that's an entire episode that's a prequel to the first movie yeah if they do it if they do it okay yeah that's that's like the 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 thing prequel granted on a much smaller scale since it's but uh but yeah that's the same idea that's the same idea because you know you'll you might be watching the first movie and there might be a passing thought or two where it's like oh my god the the origin of this is really stupid unless you just want to say that you don't think it's in the same continuity or unless you... okay how about this what you you mentioned a grand scale or a grand movie how about yeah. a movie with a grand ending and then they make a tv series that all over it I bet most of our listeners do not realize that in the mid-80s, there was a Casablanca TV series that takes place after the movie. Oh, I remember that. It lasted a whole eight episodes, I believe. And it, I mean, the whole point of Casablanca, it's a movie I don't really like, but that has an almost perfect ending. Oh, yeah. The TV series said, we don't like that ending. We want it. We want a happy ending. So we're going to show you what happened to these characters after that ending. Yeah. And that is irritating as hell to me when something does that. Or, or like, uh, do you remember the Adventures in Babysitting pilot? It aired on TV once. So it's yeah, not... I've got it. I've, I've I think I've, I sent it to said, you. You actually. sent it to me. I sent that to you actually. It's yeah. basically a thirty-minute remake of the movie. Again, so in that was... what the what's the point kind of way. Yeah. So was that uh, that Revenge of the Nerds pilot? 
Uh, the one on the D- I have not seen that one yet. Oh God! Yeah, good luck trying to get through that. It's that's yeah, that's what that's doing. It's essentially just remaking the first movie, and that doesn't that doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the other one because it's obviously a different continuity. Well, um, for instance, Weird Science. Weird Science is a the pilot episode is a, a sequel, and they even yeah. refer to the events of the movie, but it's just done so badly that you wonder why did you even. Why did you make this dumb decision to do this? Who needed more Weird Science? Who needed a I, TV series based on that movie? Well, I do love Weird Science. I love the movie, too, but did you need a TV science. show? It is, it is one of my favorite, Johnny. No, no, you didn't need a, you didn't need a TV show off of that. Nah, I mean, I can at least that TV show, because that TV show wasn't very good. That was and horrible. And I love the movie. The movie is it's in my. It's at least in my top two favorite John Hughes movies. That I showed that to my son about a, a couple of months ago. He thought it was fun, goofy, but fun. Oh, it's a classic. But uh, but yeah, like I, I I can picture you know a TV series about two high school students and they have someone like Lisa like with them and whatnot. Like I can I can certainly picture that as a TV series. But th- that show wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, that that show was just terrible. But yeah. you know, it's sort of like the Casablanca. If anyone would remember that, and they were a fan of Casablanca, it would be like having a Citizen Kane sequel. We don't need another yeah. Citizen Kane. The first movie, I'm not going to say it's the best movie ever made. But, you know, I mean, the cinema snob sure. would, but it's it's it it's not. Yeah. It's a good movie, and it's a and that's the almost definition of a grand movie. What do you think about sequels, though, that come, like, about 20 years after the previous one? Are you talking, like, Tron Legacy style? Okay, that, or, like, uh, like what was that called? Like, Texasville that was a sequel to Last Picture Show? I haven't seen um, I never saw Texasville, so I didn't even know that. Uh, my, the, the Two Jakes? The Two Jakes, two Jakes? the, sequel to, the I sequel to Chinatown? I didn't mind The Two Jakes as much as the critics seem to. I yeah, thought I the two Jakes one. was fun. And I kind of wish they would have done what they were going to do, which was, uh, say, Chinatown was, what, the 50s or 40s? I can't remember. What, Chinatown? Yeah, Chinatown. yeah something, something like that. And then two Jakes was the 60s, and they were going to plan another one to be in the 70s, and that you'd, you'd follow this character jumping mm-hmm. a decade at a time. I really liked that idea. Personally, I would have loved to have seen the 80s when they got into the 80s with, the, uh, with that character. Awesome. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the two, <laughs> the two Jakes is not a bad film. I like it, the two Jakes. Is it as good as Chinatown? No. No, no, it's not. It's not as good as Chinatown, but I still like it. I think that when a movie comes about 20 years after the other movie, it runs the danger of expectations being almost impossibly high. It Almost impossibly high, and then when it's not that perfect of a movie, you you run into the problem of people nitpicking it so much more than they would have if it had only come out two years after the original. I think it, it runs, I think it runs into that problem. Or you run into the Tron legacy problem where the movie, the people who made Tron legacy didn't seem to understand at all why Tron was such a fun movie. Honestly, I liked Tron legacy better than the first one. I hated it with a passion. Yeah, would you have hated it as much if it only came two years after the? If it, if it was the same movie, one. if it was the same movie, yes, I would have. I, I don't I think have. you would have. I think I think that that movie got crazy nitpicked, nitpicked to almost an annoyingly extent. 
I love I loved Tron Legacy. I had a blast with Tron Legacy. Am I going to sit here and say that it makes sense? No, <laughs> but I didn't go into it thinking it was going to make sense. The first one didn't make sense. I was sense. just about to say the first one doesn't make a whole lot of sense the when you really The first one doesn't make it. a whole lot of sense. Like I'm really going to nitpick that much the sequel to Tron. It, to me, I thought it was a good compliment to the first one. And that's it. Now, now I'm not saying that I'm not saying that every sequel that came 20 years, 20 or so years after the previous one got lambasted was good. I'm not saying that because Crystal Skull wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was awful. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah, Crystal, Crystal Skull wasn't uh, wasn't that was that wasn't very that wasn't very good. Well, okay. <laughs> there even though even though there even though there were some things about it that I thought people kind of harped on a little too much, like the fridge scene. I was kind of like, really, we're gonna start, we're gonna pick this moment to pick apart, to pick apart illogical things in an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> the, actually, the part that annoyed me the most was the not 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 just the CGI ants, but the whole swinging with the monkeys scene. That, that was so the, stupid. That was the point where I went, all right, they're not even trying. That was so freaking stupid. Like to like, I thought that movie had. I thought it had a, a few solid things in it. Oh, and it had too many plot twists. Yeah, double yeah, the agent, plot triple agent, you know. double triple agent. Like that was like that was stupid. Like it it it. Like I, I will say that it had some decent things about it. I thought that Ford was still great in it. I thought Harrison Kate Ford Blanchett, was great. Yes. Yeah, I thought Harrison Ford was still great. Kate in Blanchett it. was a that, good villainess. Yes. I thought Kate Blanchett was a fantastic villain. But oh my. The freaking Mutt Williams crap. That was my biggest thing about the movie, was the whole Mutt Williams crap. I hated that. I hated every moment that that character was on screen. That moment, to me, was worse than, uh, you know, people harping on, like, the aliens and stuff like that. The aliens, the aliens honestly, really didn't make me all that mad. I, like, I, I will take the aliens over the Mutt Williams any freaking day of the week. I, I agree and with you. I agree. I mean, I think the biggest problem with the fridge scene is not the idea that he got into a into a refrigerator and survived a nuclear blast. I don't think that's the problem because this is the same character who jumped out of an airplane in a raft and survived. Like, so really, we're gonna pick this moment to nitpick this. Really, come on. I think the biggest problem is that is the CG yes. um, because the CG is so cartoonish. Absolutely, and I'd love to continue this, but. We have 45 seconds left in the show. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so where can people find you? Uh, TheCinemaSnob.com. What do you got coming up? We're still working on the Snob movie, so we'll be working on that quite a bit. So there'll be some uh, some non-scripted stuff that doesn't take me too long to shoot and put on the site, like Brad tries and... You lazy bastard. I, I can't help it. I'm doing a movie. I know. It, <laughs> you Couldn't you hear my smile, damn it? I can hear your smile. All right. And then you can find me, my weekly column, Sanity is Razor Thin, at geekjuicemedia.com. And then I thank you for listening to Radio Drome on Jackalope Radio. Talk about it, you'll feel a lot better. I don't know, I don't want to. Just leave me alone.
all figured out myself And they keep on bugging me And it builds up inside It builds up inside You gotta be as true tonight You come up in with punch tonight You won't have any Say the way what you did see the way I'm not crazy Churches, 